This week on a special 100th episode of the Lost at Home podcast, the brains and voices behind the Secret Society Club podcast give you an exclusive peek behind the curtain. Get a behind-the-scenes look at the history of Lost at Home, what makes them tick, where they come from, and where are they going? Settle in. The journey begins now. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. The Lost at Home podcast. For years, they have redefined what it is to be a podcast. They've then taken that definition and said, sod it all. We're not that either, and then quickly and masterfully redefine themselves again. From their days as pirate radio broadcasters floating freely in international waters off the coast of Maryland, to the brisk college radio days in New York City, to the tragedy that nearly tore them apart, one thing has stayed the same. No, it's not Jeremiah's crippling fear of cooked rice, or Scott's obsession with amputee cosplay. It's the show. The Lost at Home podcast has been a beacon in an otherwise ever-darkening and cold world of sadness and despair. We are Scott and Lucas from the Secret Society Club podcast. And today we bring you Inside the Pod, the story of Lost at Home. We begin our story with the hosts of the show, Scott Bayer and Jeremiah Johnson. And how this whole adventure started in the first place. So yeah, if memory serves... My God, that was back in 1973. We were still living in North Carolina. And uh, yeah, we had agreed that afternoon to meet at our favorite dive bar. It was a a little hole in the wall called Tapioca's. One of those places where the floor is sticky and the, the chairs are sticky and... The balls are sticky, and the bar is sticky. Um, Well, you know, it's a place that had character. It was just some place that we liked. We like going, you know, cheap beer, playing darts, playing pool. Uh, I remember I got there before Jer. I mean, he was notoriously always late for everything. And uh, I remember that because I was sitting at the bar talking to the Tooth Terry. Uh, The Tooth Terry was, uh, well, he, uh, he may be still the bartender there for all I know, but back then, he was a great guy to talk to. He would listen and listen and listen, uh, mainly because the Tooth Terry was called the Tooth Terry because he had an extra set of teeth, and with all those teeth in his mouth, it made it really hard for him to talk. So he was actually just a nice guy to tell stories to and tell your problems to. Just nod and nod and nod away. Um, but yeah, um, Jer walked in. I remember the door swinging wide because, well, Jer's a bit of a klutz, and I think he had run into it that time. And uh, we grabbed our corner table, and we were excited. We, we sat down to talk. Business. I remember it all went down in one of my favorite spots. It was a little hole in the wall in South Carolina called Tit Slammers. I used to go there, like, you know, blow off some steam, play a little pool, grab a couple drinks with some buddies. And despite the name, it wasn't actually a strip club per se, but most of the time, you could probably find some tits hanging out. Uh, it was best actually known for its, uh, for its glory holes. Due to a health code violation, though, they had to move the glory holes like from the bathroom to the back alley. They just put up a piece of plywood and drilled out some dick-to-mouth-sized holes, and that was how actually how Glory Hole Alley came about. You may have heard of that one. It's kind of like the South Carolina Studio 54. Uh, a lot of debauchery, a lot of good fun. It was, it was good times. Uh, 
And, uh, well, this was around the time of the great syphilis outbreaks, though, of the early 70s, so I generally steered clear of those, and I was more like, just give me a nice beer and some buddies, a game of pool, and, uh, the occasional shit stall Blumpkin, and I'm, I'm in heaven. And that night, I remember really well, the house band was playing an epic cover of the Parker Family's I Think I Love You. Hey! And uh, I was sipping on a cold brew at the front of the house waiting for Scott to arrive. And Scott was generally a solid 40 to 70 minutes late, something we used to actually joke uh, in, in, amongst our friends uh, with uh, behind Scott's back, but we used to call it Scott Standard Time. Um, so yeah, it was probably halfway through the band set when he finally decided to show up. And uh, maybe Scott realized what I had up my sleeve, he would have shown up on time because uh, I was ready to rock his world. He, he was about to... Uh, have his, his mind blown, his world rocked, and this time none of it involved uh, shit stall Blumpkins or Glory Hole Alley. Yeah, I pulled out of my pocket a folded piece of paper. It was something that we had worked on a few days ago. We were brainstorming ideas for a new business. And uh, it was I, I myself, who brought this, this concept to Jer. We were sitting down, we were listening to the radio, and ironically enough, the same song that we were listening to when we actually had this brainstorm days before came on the jukebox while I was explaining it to Jer again in the dive bar. It was Al Green. It was uh, Let's Stay Together. Oh, baby, let's stay together. And uh, so weird that song came on twice. But yeah, when we were listening to it in, in, at his house on the radio, well... That's when we realized that radio had peaked. It was doing everything it could possibly do. And we wanted to revolutionize radio. I came up with this brilliant idea. I mean, it, it blew Jeremiah's mind when I told it to him. What if we did radio, but with swearing? And we'll call it podcasts. I remember at first looking at Scott's dumb face with that dumb fucking expression he always has on that, uh, that what, me? Me? What you are? Look, and thinking like, is this really the guy I want to trust with this golden idea, this thing that could change the world of broadcasting as we know it? My brainchild, my baby. And then I remembered that A, Scott and I had been friends forever, and I knew I could trust him. And B, there was just no way I had to worry about Scott stealing my thunder. They used to call me Thundercock, mostly because of my thunder, but also mostly because of my cock. So I pulled out my notebook and unveiled him my idea. Radio with swear. And at first, he looked at me with that look. You know, that's, uh, that, what, me? Me? Why, you want? Look, until I explained it more. Uh, you take radio. Yeah. And you and, and you do radio things. Uh-huh. And we say things like shit and fuck and cunt. And I thought he got it, because he looked like he was really pondering, thinking it over. But then I heard him blast a solid 30-second fart until his asshole gave out and he shit himself. So I explained it a few more times, and finally he got it. He finally got it. The seeds had been planted. Jerry wasn't so sure of this at first. He was a little confused by the concept. And I was like, you know what? It's like radio. It's like when they tell you the news or the weather or public events or national events or world events. It's just like all of that on the radio. But you say fuck a lot and shit and bitch and cunt. And I mean, you could have an entire show called The Cunty News. And just be like, what happened in Cuntsville this afternoon? Well, some cunts got caught in a cunt again. And you would just have this freedom. And if we just pioneered this and called it podcasts, 
we would invent something that would last forever. Jer, when he heard this idea, fully fleshed out and formed as podcasts, radio that you could swear on. He he just, well, he didn't just near, he actually pissed himself right there at the bar. It was kind of embarrassing, but, you know, it was tapiocas, and half the people there had already pissed themselves by this point in the night. It, it was just normal. Before, when I was telling you about all the sticky surfaces, yeah, a lot of that's just piss. Um, most, most. Um, what little isn't is, well, we're not going to talk about that. But yeah, Jer started panicking a little bit. I mean, he was excited about the idea. He loved my concept of a podcast, the idea of a radio where you could swear and have fun. But he was scared. He knew the FCC was very harsh on swearing, and if we did this, we'd probably be on the run for years until podcasts became acceptable. We'd probably have to get, like, off-coast, international water-style broadcasting going, or we'd have to live underground, digging long trenches and burrows, possibly even subway-type systems that would lead us from the south to the north. That way we could safely have passage and, you know, avoid capture. The underground subway, I called it. At this point, Jer got scared. And you know what? If his fear had intimidated me and it pulled me back out of this whole brainstorming session that we had this night in 1973, Lost Stone Podcast might never have been. Jer's cowardice might have ended the show before it even began. Heck, it might have even ended the entire podcast movement, considering the fact that I solely came up with the idea of podcasting and pioneered swearing on the radio for generations to come. But no, I reached across the table and I slapped Jer. I slapped him so hard across the face, the beer, the cheap, cheap beer in his mouth spit right across the table. And he looked at me and he goes, you know what? You're right. Let's do this. And at that moment, the Lost Zone podcast was found. rose quickly in the ever-growing world of podcasts, moving several times before ending up just off the coast of Baltimore. There, they would send out illegal pirate radio station podcasts during the great podcast prohibition of the 1980s. Life was not easy. What was the hardest part about living on a boat and podcasting illegally? I, I don't know. I guess personally, I'd say it was the food. I mean, it, it, it was disgusting. Yeah, they called it. Uh, we were off the coast of Baltimore at the time, um, right? Is that where it was? We were off of Maryland, right? Yeah. So we, we it, drifted. It was in international yeah, waters, yeah, yeah. so it, technically we, we, we were not the coast of any particular state. Right. Yeah. I mean, but we started in Maryland. And we were. Yeah. Just, we kind of like we're like we got to go, uh, and we used to call it uh, Baltimore sushi, and it was when you would uh, you would find the you know whatever fish would drift. We didn't have to kill them or catch them they would just drift up dead they know, would mainly die just around us in mostly the water. from some exxon valdez spill of some kind and we would uh wash them off wash the oil off cut them open and uh usually a lot of them would have like uh, full heroin needles still stuck inside and we would push those aside we called uh baltimore dessert and uh and we'd we'd do our best you know what split maybe a fish every day or two but it was for the love of the craft man it was for it was for what we love to do i mean we we didn't take a the the uh take it lightly moving out to sea being landlocked for the you know the other parts of our lives yeah we we had to do it there was no way at this point in time i mean the 80s were a turbulent decade podcasts were completely prohibited from anyone's world you couldn't listen to one on a sony walkman or on your boombox you literally 
had to know the right person and know the right people in general to get them. Yeah, uh, we did our best creating them and sending them out to the world. We we were the only people at that time outside of Baltimore doing this kind of like radical. Uh, some would call it fascist. Some would call it like horrific. Was, but we, to we us, it, we we were reporting the news. Yeah, and it was called like it was guerrilla style. Uh, you know, radio. And we were making sure people got the news they couldn't get anywhere else, which is what the mainstream hated about us was that we were like telling the truth. You know, we were like we were telling people like what the world was really all about. So that's why we had to go pirate, man, because they that they think they didn't like about the, the the podcasting culture at the time was the freedom and the government trying to take away our freedom was not something we were going to stand for because we were rogue, we were mavericks. You were you were literally single-handedly explaining to everyone in Baltimore where serial poopers were, on what day, where, and when. And I gotta say, this is a little bit of cheating. We did leave the boat often when we got good leads in Baltimore, where we could just like skip off, of course, go on yeah. shore, and put our legs on land. Oh, and we took those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because we we it took us a while to get our sea legs anyway. And luckily, we did have a good crew that we trusted that we actually continued to work with a little bit every time. Every once in a while, we'd get in a pickle and we need something broadcast outside of the mainstream, even after we got a little bit bigger and stuff. And uh, and uh, so we would we would. You know, call upon this crew who, who I think they're still doing it. I think there's still a crew on the off the coast doing these old pirate radio state things, and uh, which is weird because I you know I don't even know if anybody listens to it anymore. But I love like the rogue nature of it. Uh, the the crew you ask? Oh, who were they? Well, um, I mean, we could have had them all here today if you had asked this question about two weeks ago during pre-production. But uh, let me see if I could run down. We had uh, we had short Johnny. Short Johnny, would, uh, yeah, yeah. Short Johnny he had was two, really... uh, two wooden legs, but yeah. they came out of his hips and only went to the knee. Right, right. It was yeah, very he was, weird. It was very, but he, yeah, uh, and and I remember like the big uh, termite infestation that uh, just about crippled him. Well, more yeah, crippled well, him more. <laughs> well, uh, we don't make that joke anymore. Yeah, no, sorry if if, uh, if Short Johnny's listening, I apologize for that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, we we, we had him. Had, uh, tall, we had uh, Lou Sally Johnny too. Yeah, Loose Sally. Oh my God, thank God for Loose Sally. Um, uh, if it wasn't for her, our ship would have sank at least three times. She could plug a hole like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I know that probably goes against what most people thought her name meant, but no, she she. Wow, yeah, she yeah. saved our boat from sinking. She was a she was she was pretty amazing. She was amazing uh, deckhand, all that kind of stuff. Uh, tall Johnny. Um, he actually was uh, short Johnny's uh, identical twin, uh, oddly enough, but because of the fact that he didn't have the whole. Uh, wooden leg thing he was a couple inches taller so we called him tall johnny um and uh, oh and then uh and at one point actually i remember uh it wasn't originally but at one point we were talking about injecting some fresh blood into the show and um and and we were like okay we got to find some from some new people we were afraid he was getting a little stagnant stagnant because none of the crew actually wanted to be a part of the show they like to do the background stuff all the crew stuff but when it came to the radio, they really were, you know, a little, uh, I don't want to call it camera shy, microphone shy, whatever. Um, so that's when I called upon my old friend, Bruce Bruce, um, who I knew from elementary school. Crocodile Dundee was big at the time. Uh, everybody was all into the Australian, so we thought, why not get some Australian blood and a new voice into the show? You're not going to, like, play some, like, stupid stereotypical like Australian music behind me, right? Because we got more than just the, the, the stereotypical stuff. Okay, that's good then. Yeah, well, uh, well, I came over to the States as a little guy, a foreign exchange student. Uh, we were going through some rough times back in Australia, me and my mum. 
Uh, she thought it'd be best if I went stateside to get a bit of perspective, maybe. Get some culture. See what else was out there for me to broaden my horizons, if you will. Uh, maybe make something of myself. And look at me now. She's proud of a little Bruce Bruce now, or at least she would be if she wasn't kicked in the head by that kangaroo shortly after I arrived in the US. Most people think it's about the boxing with the kangaroos, but it's actually the kick that'll kill ya. Doctor said it was quick though, and then her head burst like a rotten apple against concrete, just blasted all over the bar. But she was a solid 20 and up to that point in kangaroo fighting, so she went out the way she wanted. Anyways, I went to elementary school and met Jeremiah. Uh, I could tell right off he needed a friend. I see him crying and pissing himself in the halls at the lunch table, pretty much anywhere. Uh, something he never really outgrew as far as I know, I still think he wears diapers. So I friended him and we started hanging out and uh, he'd put on all these little puppet shows for me and uh, he'd tell me he was going to be on TV or in broadcasts someday and I never really believed him, didn't really think he had it in him. Uh, uh, so when I got the call that he wanted me to help out in this new endeavour, I thought uh, he was yanking my tail, but uh, it'd been a while since I paid him a visit anyway, so needless to say I was quite surprised when I arrived and turned out uh, turned out things were actually going alright. Uh, he still pissed himself on the regular, so that hadn't changed, but here he was living his dream. Who might have say no to a man's dream, you know? So Plus, me and my mum was still dead, so I figured why not give it a go? And it wasn't really long, uh, actually, uh, until things really started to turn for, uh, for, for them. And, uh, I mean, they, they was doing well. Next thing you know, there's all these, uh, these breaks, you know, and, and they were big. They are very big. Almost like a, like a break of big epic proportions, like a, like a big, um, ah, something, like a big something. It was a big break that brought them to New York City and to the small college radio station of NYU. There, they had the freedom to podcast any which way they chose. Prohibition had ended, and a new era of radio freedom was born. It wasn't long before Bill Gates himself stepped in and made the guys an offer that they could not refuse. Yeah, I gotta say, when Bill Gates called the first time, I absolutely did not believe it was him. I thought it was one of our friends messing with us. I'm surprised I didn't blow actually the, the deal, the offer that we ended up getting, because I was kind of like, eh, you're fucking with us, aren't you? Who is this? Oh, it felt like a prank. Yeah, I mean, who? Why, why would Bill Gates call us? And actually, that was the... The question why uh, the fuck would bill gates call us <laughs> think about this if anyone listening right now is hearing our story they're gonna poke holes starting now yeah exactly like, yeah we, we believed you lived on a boat with some cripples and some retarded people yeah we believe you had a podcast because we're listening to it now but but what they're it, like, not gonna believe this. why why bill gates he's like the, the richest man in, a, in the world and he's you know started microsoft and he's huge and everybody knows who he is he's, he's better than us he's a magnet let's just say that let's just say it right now let's he be blunt he's he better than know, us he shouldn't know who we are we ran a small brady says but uh this was actually the thing is is he was he was very uh, aware of the the view that everybody had of microsoft microsoft for so long was this giant corporate conglomerate kind of huge cold company and Obviously, with computers, he, they, they were trying to, like, reach out to, you know, younger buyers, things like that, and, you know, enter uh, Lost at Home. It wasn't like we were the only people he came to, but he was a far-reaching, uh, you know, nationwide uh, outreach program where he would go to these people who would kind of reach young demographics. We did. We were edgy. We were passionate. And uh, kind of with a promise of, you know, we, we signed on for a few years to pretty much trying to, I wouldn't even soften the brand, more of make it actually, if anything, feel a little more edgy and modern and like cool, if you will, to like to our listeners and stuff, but without oh, us yeah, they, having he, to sell out. to rad it up. Yeah, and, and our, our, one of our things is like, we're not gonna sell out, we're not gonna, uh, you know, say stuff we 
we don't agree with, we can't change our message, anything like that. He was fine with that. He said he didn't want that. Um, and in return, like if, you know, after a few years went by, this was the late nineties. And, uh, after a few years went by, we, uh, we were supposed to then, you know, kind of get beefed up into a nice new studio in the world trade center. Uh, we we're going to, you know, get some nice new digs and kind of be real legit without actually having to compromise our message. And, and it was pretty much around the same time he made that offer that we down the road could be in the World Trade Center that he uh, he was nice enough to tell me that any weekend I wanted where I wasn't working, I could just go to his house, put on a bikini and wash his car. Which uh, uh, you did on a couple of times, I remember. Um, that was uh, back when he you was... You did too, right? Well, well you, you you went to his house and you actually took I mean, the I went to, to his Seattle, house every but, yeah. weekend. Yeah, he, he would actually did, fly did, you, you to, did too, right? to, to Seattle. I, I I actually would do the same. You, you, in his, you did too, right? I washed the windows in his in his uh, penthouse in, in New York City. In but. a bikini, right? Yeah. I mean, well, okay, so that was normal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, for us anyway, it was. I mean, I thought it was part of the deal. I figured it was part of the contract. I don't have lawyers. We don't have the money for lawyers. I just assumed we. That's what we signed off on. And uh, I, I, yeah, I just, I, as far as I was concerned, I was like, you know what? A bikini once a week, a podcast in the future, World Trade Center office. I'm I was to do honestly, it. I was fine with it. Honestly, I would have sucked his fucking clean off. I would have sucked his dick clean off if he had asked me to. At that point, he could have paid me. Not uh, I just that kind of offer, like what we were going to get a, a few years down the road. I, I would put load uh, road. I would have uh, I would have eaten uh, Bill Gates's load, like seriously. And I would do it today if he came to me today. I would I would let him come in my mouth for another shot at like an opportunity like that. I'm actually I I'm so glad it came our way. No, me too. Um, I gotta say, getting that opportunity in our lives was probably the biggest thing happening for us in the mid-90s. Um, knowing that in just a few short years, we would have that studio. I, I mean, I did not even cry while doing my little strip teases for him dressed as uh, Conan O'Brien. I, I, I wore the wig. I wore the suit. I gotta say, the suit fit well. But, uh... But I mean, uh, who cares about the suit? I took it off. That that's not that's besides the point. The wig, the wig really made it. At that little curl. Yeah, I would have to wash his windows actually usually, but also trust his Conan O'Brien. I think he had something for for him actually at the time. Um, he really did. He was a huge lover of gingers. And he, he ate. He almost exclusively carrots. Did you notice that? I did notice that. Yeah, he would be watching Bugs Bunny cartoons, eating carrots. Oftentimes, I would. He would ask me to insert one into me. And uh, I obliged, but it didn't turn into anything sexual after that. It was just me with a carrot up my ass washing his windows in the bikini. Yeah, I mean, it's Bill Gates. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure he, silly, he was jerking off. Silly but, old Bill Gates. But they were one way windows, so like I couldn't see in. I could, like, they were tinted, so I knew that I would, like, I knew he was on the other side just jacking it. Uh, but again, I, I, even knowing that, I didn't care. And I, you know, I gotta say, I didn't think anything was gonna take us out of our stride. I thought we were good. Um, you know, things were golden at the time. But then, tragedy struck. Yeah, what the fuck? That that movie almost ended not just my career, but my fucking life. Jar Jar, what the fuck is a Jar Jar? Uh, I believe it was just some racist reggae guy. The fuck guy. is a Jar Jar? I don't know, but they, they think they... Like, Seriously, I, what the... F- no, no, 
No, the, 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 there were this, there was racist aliens and racist aliens and more racist aliens. Oh hello, oh hello, we got a tra- we have a trade federation. Oh, think, oh the, 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 most, uh, the thing that got me the most is that like you know it was one thing to have oh, a bad Misa, movie, but it don't, it, don't it, it tossed us it tossed us off track. Like here we had this huge opportunity in front of us, and and we you know we've survived like fucking uh, living off the the coast of Maryland and we've yeah, evaded the feds shit like that and now all of a sudden like a movie comes out and we're completely derailed we like had a series of bad podcasts people were talking about how we had lost our mojo we no, took it to heart and we could screw we you and your back. logic no no Phantom Edis, no there was a Jewish flying bug that sold them parts to a ship and tried chewing Racist. them out of those parts right, yeah yeah. It, well, it, another one standing there going, Misa have a new Massa. Yeah, yeah. It, it was absolutely despicable, and I, I, I can't believe that it almost it almost lost us the opportunity. This is the first time in my life that racism has negatively affected me, and I'm fucking pissed. And then tragedy struck again. The incredible events facing the world in the coming months as the year 2000 approaches will cause many to question what lies ahead for the world. Yeah, and then Y2K happened, and, uh, like, I think maybe some people lost some internet or something. I don't even know if it was related, but, um, you know, it wasn't really that big a deal. And then, tragedy struck again. Obviously a very disturbing live shot there. That is the World Trade Center, and we have unconfirmed reports this morning that a plane has crashed into one of the towers of the World Trade Center. There's smoke billowing out of the uh, World Trade Center. Yeah, well, we were actually on the road when uh, 9-11 happened because um, uh, we had a, a show the day before. We were all psyched up about moving into our, our new offices and stuff. And, I mean, to, to not to sound too ignorant or anything, but we're on the road. We're just listening to music. We're rocking out. We're excited. So we actually we didn't listen to any news. We had no idea what was going on. So here we are rolling up with our van uh, you know, into New York City, World Trade Center, and we roll up to the World Trade Center, and I, uh, the first thing I thought was, you know, like, what's the big deal? They're not nearly as big as I thought they were going to be. Oh, yeah, I totally thought they'd be taller, too. Um, but, yeah, that, that wasn't our other problem. I mean, obviously, our offices, uh, it was 9-11. They, they were gone. I mean, firefighters, cops, first responders of every kind, they, they were literally saying, you can't set up your equipment here. We tried. Put, we tried. Put, put your microphones and your... your, your you know boards and stuff back in your van like you you can't set up a podcast we here. tried we tried to rep we tried to say like bill gates told us to meet him here blah, bill, blah, bill, blah. yeah i i told at least nine or somewhere between nine and eleven different first responders yeah i told like bill gates said we we can set up our podcast we name dropped here. hard we don't usually name drop we named oh, like, bill gates says yeah. i could do this he's like the president I mean, of the bit, US. bits of bits of tower were falling around me yeah. i think some molten metal landed on uh, one of our amps and just destroyed it uh just i don't know yeah, i, I, I felt really put off yeah i really thought the first responders would have been nicer people you know what i mean they 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 come across historically now i mean john stewart he's championing them he's like get them their rights get them their their medical bills paid like these people helped no one was helping me when i said bill gates said i could put a swivel chair here and the thing that, that irritated me too is i'm like uh yeah i get it you're like you're having a bad day there's shit you got to deal with but we have shit we have to deal with too we're supposed to have offices in the world we're Trade supposed Center. to have a podcast yeah. up that so, day like, i don't know think about me like in what i'm going through right now 
and, and, yeah, and you no know, one, no one was sensitive to our needs at all. Like we, we literally were at ground zero, and we felt like zeros. Yeah, yeah. And that's when we decided, like, you know, we we just wanted to check in, like, see what the hell was going on. So uh, we just figured, like, we got to check in with uh, Bill Gates, um, see if he, you know, left with any messages, anything like that. We hadn't had any, you know, any way to check in on the road. So uh, you know, we we checked in and uh, checked your messages, and you know, sure enough, Bill Gates got back to us and let us know what was up. You have one new message. Main menu. To listen to your messages, press one. First, new message. Hey guys, Bill Gates here. Bad news. Maybe you heard. I'm afraid that there's been a little bit of a hiccup. Turns out some terrorists decided to take down the World Trade Center. So, our deal's off. Sorry that didn't work out. Hope everything else is going good for you, though. Best of luck. With their dreams dashed and their new studio 911 into ruins, the duo then set off on the greatest adventure yet. It is September 17th, and this is the Lost at Home podcast. My name is Scott. I'm Jeremiah. And we are on the road. I know, we I know. We <laughs> are the unluckiest Americans alive on this great and glorious September yes. 17th. They're not to sound too harsh, but they're definitely some unluckier people, but they're dead. Uh, but we lost our studios, and we are currently without a studio. We are no longer at NYU. We severed all ties with the school as soon as Bill Gates gave us our amazing offer. Yep. And we were set up to move into the World Trade Centers. Yeah, but, you uh, all remember last week's show. We were all excited about yeah. it, in case you haven't heard the news. Our 910 show. They, we were excited. They don't exist anymore, apparently. We had big plans. I bought swivel chairs. You know, and, and the the thing about it is it's pissing me off. Everybody's talking about like like, oh, never forget, never forget and stuff like that. Like where where's the love for us? We got we were affected too. Maybe never not forget. as much or whatever, but we, we have we've reached out, tried to get a little bit of help, things like that. There's just no never love. Forget. Never never forget. never remember. We didn't even get to set foot in our studios. That's How right. can we even forget what we didn't get to enjoy? I know, I know. It, it, it never was... forget literally does not apply to us because we never got to remember. And I definitely want you know, I want to apologize uh for the quality of this one. We expected to be in a nice big studio, having a great time, great quality, you know, high broadcast standards, and here you are listening to this one, which is less quality than the last one. Because we're just on the road. Oh, but we, oh here's we our van cat. Show. Sorry, sorry. We, when we, whenever we do these little recordings, I love bringing van cat along. This is the same cat that was in the van with us post 9-11. Yep. Uh, it, it, this cat is now old. Very, very old. Yeah. It's a, but, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a stray that we, uh, we uh, rescue, I guess you would call it. Uh, 9-11 cat. And, uh, yeah. Oh, 9-11 cat ran off. We only got one meow out of, out of her. But, you know, the radiation. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. Uh, I'm sorry. We weren't supposed to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. We 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 at the Lost at Home. Uh, we know we, we things definitely. You don't. Yeah, we we definitely don't talk about how when we went to set up at the uh, the towers with our studio equipment, like how it all got irradiated. Yep. Heavily and 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 the van and the cat yeah. and us. Remember there was we, that we don't we certainly don't talk about that because it didn't happen. Yeah, remember there was just like a supervillain spraying people with a radiation gun. He radio nope, radio radioactor. It didn't happen. Right? Yeah. He quote, hey, quote, didn't hey, happen. do you remember when our van cat grew nine extra legs and started living on the roof in a cocoon? Uh, I do actually. That was amazing. 
And no, we don't because that, oh, didn't, that didn't happen. happen. Right. But you know what did happen? Okay. We had one hell of a week. And because uh, well, this is okay. It may seem like, oh, we just pop in once a week, tell you some stories, things like that. We've got, I don't even know if we need a show telling anybody about anything but our last week on the road. Because we had it wild. Okay. You thought like it wasn't just 9-11 that happened to us, but we hit the road. We're looking for some new digs. We're still looking for some new digs. We're in the van just trying to, like, get you the show here. We got our pirate radio friends from way back helping push the broadcast out. Uh, Thank you to them, obviously, because we got to get the show out. Um, So so there there we are. First day out, we're on the road, traveling uh, town to town, things like that. Of course, we're starting to get tired things like that around what pennsylvania probably or something like that we were we were thinking about going west at first uh decided to actually veer uh, east after this happened but truck stop decided to take a little bit of a rest uh scott wakes up middle of the night to the sound of me being molested by a hairy trucker the thing is though i was being sleep molested apparently i was making noises uh but i don't even remember it i was blacked out this there was a, a mad trucker they call him Mad Dog uh, Ball Sack, actually. And he had a tattoo of a swastika on each ball sack. And then, like, a, weird, because then also, like, a heart over his chest. Remember that? Like, he and he was just pounding me, like, merc- mercilessly. Uh, it, it, he, he was going at me for a good 20 minutes, you figure, before you finally wow, realized yeah. it, it was, it was uh, not a joke. No, I totally remember that. And, like, I can see those those tattoos on his body like I was there. I mean, it doesn't hurt that while we're doing this... This, this podcast you're obsessively sketching them on our notebook well yeah um, I, just like you should be the, writing down show notes and possible like uh show titles, titles and stuff but well, he, he jer is literally just obsessively sketching this guy's body in finite detail like, i was you can see the little heart well scott i was raped so maybe that was had something to do with it there's just a pendulum Ball sack. I'm drawing like a flip book with just this pendulum Spe- swinging of rape, Nazi hey, well, ball we're sack. talking about road trips. Yeah. Are we yeah. talking about road trips though? We're, like speaking of being raped. Yeah. Like let's uh, talk we about what we, what we went that through. that moment where we stopped at that shell station. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we pulled into the shell station and uh, well, Jared was filling up the van with gas. We, we, we were running on fumes practically. Uh, I went inside and I was going to get this little package of uh, in shell peanuts, you know, the kind where you crack the shell right. and the, there's nuts inside. Like, that's the two. fun part. That's what, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it, half the fun's cracking the shell. Not a great so road trip food, by the way. It's course, not like a great but, on the road driving thing, but you know. Oh, uh, no, no, yeah. no. But I, I plan on being in that parking lot for a few minutes. I think you and I just need a break. We need to walk absolutely, around. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And walk, I, uh, walk the I brought rape the, uh, the peanuts to the counter, and the, the the girl behind the counter was super nice. She had this weird frizzy perm that was kind of like a, uh, it, it was kind of like a mullet, like you know, party in the back, business in the front. Yeah, like a, like uh, a, but like a hot uh, kind of trashy mullet check, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like permed out, and yeah. it was a brunettish color that I kind of dug. And I put the peanuts in the counter, and I was like, you know, this and the gas. And she's like, you know, you need to wait one moment. Uh, He's not done pumping. And this is where it got weird. Okay, I stood there while you were pumping. And she looked at me. And she just kept tapping her finger on the desk. And kept tapping her finger. And then after like another minute and a half, say, you finish pumping. You put the the, the, the pump back, you know, together. And you put the gas cap back in the car. And then it went through on her side. And she said it was uh, 1149. And I, I gave her 20 and she gave me my change back. Um, 
Yeah, then I uh, then I ran into you in the parking lot. That was fucking wild, man. I remember that. You were all freaked out. You're like, holy shit! You would not no, believe. No, no, it really happened. wasn't. It was it was a very routine exchange. Yeah, yeah. Um, she 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 was she looked like she was maybe gonna tell me something about her ailing mo- mother or did uh, she? something bad that had happened she, earlier she in did? the day did she? with her boyfriend. No, no, no. She just looked like she was going to. Okay, so no, nothing... no, no. It was a pretty pretty standard interaction that, as far as memory serves. It seem, seems like you and I had two very different road trips because I don't know if you recall, but that just shortly before that happened, uh, if you were to actually have looked out the fucking window into the parking lot, you would have seen that same trucker raping me in the parking lot of that Shell station with a bag of salted peanuts, just forcing them up my ass and making them crack them. And seriously... Like this is the game we played. He said, "Yeah, crack those fucking peanuts in my mouth." And I was supposed to crack the shell and shit out only just the peanut. And if a single piece of the shell got into his mouth, he'd fucking beat me with the pump. And he started spraying gas on me. And he started like we had a lighter. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna fucking light you up, you little bitch, if you get one more shell in my mouth." And this this took place for like 20 minutes. And you were in there what buying more peanuts. Talking, not even talking to somebody about their mom. Well, I, I didn't even really. Oh, I'm going to fill up in the parking lot. No big deal. Oh, what's taking so long? Maybe your friend is getting raped again. Well, I, I didn't even really want the peanuts. I was walking past the guy who was filling up his truck two pumps over. I think number seven or eight. Yeah. Uh, he asked me to buy peanuts because he said he's running out of peanuts. When I'm done raping this fool, I'm gonna need something to eat. You didn't think about the fact that like there was only one other person in that whole gas station. Maybe he was talking about me that he's gonna rape. Or no, anybody, no, no, why no. wouldn't you, why wouldn't you do something like, oh, somebody's going to rape somebody. Maybe I shouldn't go buy him some peanuts to help him rape. You ever think about that? Like, it, well, it, they it, weren't, they weren't rape peanuts. I didn't know they were going to be used in that a That shell rape. station doesn't sell rape peanuts. Of course not rape peanuts. You had to settle for regular peanuts. Jesus oh, Christ. Only like wait, th- we should have known this all along. It was a shell station. Yeah. Jeez. It's a like shell. A, it's like a play on words or something. Yeah. Like the shell of a man you became after your you know rape yeah 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 that was like four days ago by the way you make it sound like it was like way in the past that i should be over it but i still have not recovered from that and what you i, I really f- i thought you were like you do is like calling for help or you know get some backup no, you, were, no, you didn't no, even I notice didn't know it was happening i i think i i, okay. I called you i called the shell station and they said oh is there a scott here and i heard you say no and then chuckle and then she's like sorry there's no scott here and she hung up and I said, could you please give him a message oh. for me? Yeah, and it's like, yeah, what is it? Just tell him about being raped in the parking lot. I'd love it if he could come out and uh, and maybe not give this guy any more peanuts. Oh and the fact that God. you came out I in the parking lot remember that and now. gave him more that. peanuts and then waited in the car while he finished raping me with a new set of peanuts was fucking oh despicable. My God. I kind of remember that call happening now. Yeah, I kinda re- it was four days ago. Of course you do. Well, yeah, but it was also a very interesting night. I mean, that call came through to the back office. Uh, after I had gone through my transaction, she asked me if I would go into the back office with her, you know, for pleasantries. Okay, okay, I gotcha. All right, I'm, I'm starting to see it. The only reason I said yes, because she had an idea that I've never heard of. It was a game called Whisper Sex. Whisper Sex, I like that. Yeah, she, she said she would beat me with the key ring which is a chain with a wooden board at the end with a key at the end that was used to open the bathrooms you know with the key yeah, yeah. the giant ridiculous thing they yeah, it was like a, it was like a, it's, it's a good like you know uh, giant yeah, board this, you this, buy this was yeah. like a foot of foot of loop chain with a board at the end yeah. with a key at the end of that on a on an eye hook yeah so she told me to whisper words 
that would be beneficial to someone being raped by a trucker. And if I didn't do it with the proper authority, she would hit me with the board. Huh? So I was going, don't hit him. Don't, don't, don't hit him. That's, that's wrong. And when I said that's wrong, she goes, no, that's hot. And she would hit me with the board. Oh, okay. And meanwhile, I was getting whipped with a pump. Uh, yeah, I think pump. she was probably watching you on a closed circuit, like, you know, camera, like on a little black and white TV think- screen that was that was oh. near me that I could also see. So this was like, and a- I think while oh. I was watching it, I was supposed to be narrating you. I gotcha. But I didn't know it was you. I just thought it was another person being raped by your, well, our van. Yeah, yeah, but even though I was crying for help, well, it was obviously our van. But I thought it was just a different person being raped, and I thought I was narrating it to be to be silly, like on a goof. Oh, yeah, like a little uh, Benny Hill. I was doing bloopers practically, but it was all whispers (laughs) because if I if I even said like, "Oh, that was like it hurt," (laughs) rape bloopers, she hit me with a with the key. Uh, We may have had a a, a, a title for the episode first: uh, rape bloopers. Yeah, Um, but anyway, all that aside, I mean, really, what we're trying to get at. We're, we're looking forward to coming back at you next week with a fresh new studio if we can find one. Hopefully we're the next so week. We're so sorry about 9-11. Hopefully this next week won't be nearly as crazy as this we past one. We apologize for 9-11. And uh, hopefully not another 9-11 will happen. And we're sorry that it happened. Uh, it's been one hell of a week. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, tune in uh, next week. Uh, sorry this show's so short, but um, I, think my, uh, I think my co-host is getting raped again right now. Oh! No peanuts! No peanuts. Yeah, I, I, yeah, he's definitely getting you raped. Okay, step, you gotta help me. I, I gotta step away. Uh, we will be back yes. next week. Yes. Enjoy. When we return, did Scott really have that baby? And why was Jeremiah's father caressing that antelope? Hi there, I'm Scotty. And I'm Lucas. What we do is very simple. We take your deep, dark secrets, the stuff that you wouldn't tell anyone. That you can submit anonymously on our website, secretsocietyclub.co.uk. Then we read them out and talk about them for your amusement. If you want to talk to us, you can do so on Facebook or Twitter at SecSocClub. That's S-E-C-S-O-C-C-L-U-B. Or again, on our website, secretsocietyclub.co.uk. We have a new podcast out almost every week, so don't forget to subscribe, like, rate, and review. To keep it really simple, you can listen to us online by simply going to secretsocietyclub.co.uk, then forward slash iTunes, forward slash TuneIn, or forward slash Stitcher. Welcome to the Secret Society Club. But remember, shush, it's a secret. The guys finally set up shop in the whitest state in the continental US, Vermont. There, the Lost at Home podcast thrived and grew. They attracted the attention of such big names as Dan Harmon, Dino Stamatopoulos, and a variety of Kevin Smith's circle of friends, including Andrew McElfrish and Mike Zapkick. With high-profile guests, the sky was the limit. 
all was going well until a cold day in February of 2014 when tragedy reared its ugly, syphilitic head yet again. A long-buried secret unearthed itself and did a morbid dance on the hood of the 77 Monte Carlo that is reality. The consequences of said secret changed life forever for the pair, proving that their relationship would certainly never be the same again. It tore through their world like a demon riding a dragon made of cyclones. What we're saying is that we certainly cannot overstate the weight of this issue. When my girlfriend Beth broke up with me, I was pretty sure like that's as bad as it could ever get. Here she was, love of my life, woman I thought I was going to marry, all that, just dropping this bomb on me. I saw my future just explode that day, but when I found out that she had been secretly in love with Scott while we were together, that killed me. Not only that, but to find out that Scott knew about it and said nothing to me, like that was really the nail in the coffin. And it wasn't until I bumped into them making out that I was even aware they were together. I just couldn't believe it. Not from him. You know, my, my friend, my co-host of so many years. I mean, sure, there was Linda, who was the love of my life, who dumped me for Scott a few years back, but that was different, you know? And then there was a time I walked in and Scott pounding away on my sisters, but Beth? Man, Beth was sacred. Yeah, I was fucking her pussy. But I didn't know he'd really care too much. He was always so busy with his new hobby, crying over his breakup, that I figured he was too preoccupied. Between the crying and the skiing poorly, I'm surprised he even noticed. I stayed strong, though, you know? I, I concentrated on my skiing. I was really putting it all out there, skiing better than ever. Uh, so, so when the notice came out that uh, Scott was running a ski team and was holding open tryouts, I figured, like, the gig was as good as mine. Not only was I just flat out good enough to get the spot no matter what, I figured he'd at least feel bad about what he'd done. And even if I wasn't the best skier on the slope, which I most certainly was, uh, I'd, I'd at least get a spot out of pity, right? We'll talk about a stab in the back when he told me I didn't make the cut. That was the final straw, and that's really, that's really what tore us apart. Have you seen him ski? He's awful. He's so bad, amputees gain confidence from watching him ski and try to take it up as a serious sport just to get past their disabilities and gain confidence in life. He's so bad at skiing, global warming happened specifically to melt the snow and stop him from skiing. He's so bad they should rename skiing just snow failing. Yeah, yeah, okay, well, one more, one more. What do you call a skier without a girlfriend? Homeless. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty funny. Uh, oh yeah, where were we? He's awful. I mean, I really wanted to give him a spot. In my head, I had it that if he could just finish a single run, the spot was his. You know, to make up for the whole stealing the love of your life and all. I figured we'd be square. But he was horrible. At one point, I'm pretty sure he was sliding down the mountain sideways for a solid three minutes. To give that some perspective, the entire run is expected to take about a minute for good time. 90 seconds for most amateurs. I know he denied me the spot out of spite. I was at my best that day, really on my game. I have this one move where I ski sideways. Like, everybody goes nuts when I pull that out. And at one point, he just stopped, and he hitched a ride on a snowmobile the rest of the way down. There's no way that wouldn't disqualify him. Well, sure, a snowmobile ride, yeah. But uh, I, I thought that'd be warranted, you know? Skiing sideways, it's not an easy task. I thought they'd seen enough. I mean, why drag it out, right? I felt bad he couldn't make the team, so when he challenged me to race the K-12, the most notorious expert trail around, well, I accepted, hoping it would make him feel better. Maybe even let him win. I regret that decision to this day. 
It took two surgeries to dislodge the second ski from my brain. At first I thought I would have to live with it, like that javelin guy, and that removing it would kill me, or maybe brain dead or something. But we decided to leave the vets and see a real doctor, and I'm glad I did, because uh, they were able to remove the ski, and I'm as good as new. And I can uh, taste sounds now. When I went to visit him at the vet, I saw him lying there on that cold metal table with that plastic funnel around his neck, and I thought, what are we doing, man? We're better than this. We can't let something silly as a woman come between us. We're bigger than friends. We're co-hosts. We have something that only a few million people have. A podcast. Scott apologized and loaded me into my crate to take me to the people doctor and as I rode quietly in the back, I realized he was right. We owe it to ourselves and our listeners to make this work. We gotta make this work. I've been arrested by you, take me in. Finally captured by you, by you, by you. Take me in. With their problems behind them and the future ahead, what is next for the Lost at Home podcast? You could speculate that the two of them might settle down and open a creamery or a monogrammed brick-making factory. Perhaps they will write that book about scrimshaw dildos that they've always wanted but couldn't find because no one had written it yet. Could Jeremiah finally live out his hipster dream of producing grass-fed beef from cattle raised only listening to Father John Misty songs on a vintage Victrola? Only Scott and Jeremiah know for sure. I am Scott, and I've been joined by my good friend Lucas. Hello! And we encourage you to check out our show at the Secret Society Club podcast, especially if you like what you've heard here today. You can find us on our website, secretsocietyclub.co.uk, or you can talk to us on Twitter or Facebook using Sex Sock Club, S-E-C-S-O-C-C-L-U-B. Our podcast allows us to share your user-submitted secrets. We read them out loud, we react to them, we have a good laugh with them. And we may laugh at you, but submit your secrets anonymously on our website. We leave you today with Scott and Jeremiah brainstorming the future. We wish you all goodbye and the best of luck. Yeah, thanks so much, you guys, for having us. You owe us now. Jeremiah Johnson. Welcome back to the Lost Stone Podcast. My name is Scott. I'm Jeremiah. And we are back. Luckily, my God, disaster it was, averted. It was a close one. Uh, a lot of people it may have was. heard some rumblings, and I just want to make sure everybody knows we're good. We're in the clear. We're not going to leave you. You still got more Lost at Home coming up. We, we got some big things planned for you. I know we had a little bit of a, a like some falling out. Issues you may have heard about in the press, all that kind of stuff. But we're good, man. We're good, right? I mean, 
The past uh, is the yeah, past. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I'm good. You're good with me, right? Yeah, the past is the past. I want to talk about the future, man. What do we got brewing? I want. I think people are asking us that. What do we have for the next 100, man? Like, where are we going to go? We made big uh, progress from episode 1 to 100. Uh, imagine what we can do in the next the next batch. So, uh, what what are you thinking, man? You got any big ideas brewing for the next one hundred? First live recording from space. Uh, are you talking like uh, like jumping aboard, like Russian style? Uh, what is it, Lance Bass or whichever one of those fucking NSYNC kids or Backstreet Boys? Yes, Jared, that's exactly what I was thinking about doing. He's, jumping aboard Lance Bass. Yeah, jump. Yeah, just fuck Lance Bass for a while. <laughs> just yeah, drill his his ass space. Uh, so yeah, that would probably be a first in podcasting as well. Like fucking Lance Bass live on the air while he's trying to go yeah. to space. No, you ain't going as, nowhere. As you as a podcast. Just bite his neck like a dog while he's trying to aboard the Russian spacecraft. Yeah, you ain't oh going my nowhere. God, that's hot. Oh yeah, man. Dude, if you could just cut that into like ten separate equally length segments, you'd have the new serial. I. Th- <laughs> Just tells me like you still ain't going nowhere, Lance Bass. Oh, uh, why are you biting my neck? I'm the dominant alpha. That's why, bitch. You ain't going to space. There's I spent twenty enti- million dollars. There's an entire week that's just grunting. <laughs> uh, well, it's it's me grunting and him yelping because that's that's because I'm the alpha. So uh, we, so yeah, we got the Lance Bass molesting segment. That was coming at you. Uh, we we've got some uh, we've got some movies. We're gonna be narrating some movies pretty soon. Um, some exploitation films we've got in the works. Uh, and some of those 80s films. So we're just going to redub for the fun of it. Yeah, we're going to redub uh, the, some uh, of those. Beaches. We're going to redub Beaches. Yep. That, uh, remember, there's also. Uh, Bette, Bette Midler dies at the end of this one. Yeah, well, we we, uh, we take some creative liberties. Wait, did she die at the beginning or the, uh, I mean, the end of the first one? Don't, the original? Don't remember. I saw Beaches when I was I a don't kid. either. And maybe. Um, she definitely dies in hours. Yeah, we're, we're uh, poetry. We got a new poetry segment coming up uh, where we we each uh, try to improv um, either limericks or um, heimlichs or whatever they call them. Uh, and what what are the ones uh, haikus? There we go. I figure a haiku and a limerick together is called a heimlich. Um, so we'll we'll mix a haiku and a limerick. And uh, so we got that. That's an improv uh, poetry segment. Uh, we've got that one where I just take a poo. Uh, Bruce Bruce is going to be joining us again. He's going to be back uh, with a vengeance. Yeah, he's going to be uh, refereeing the segment where there are haiku rap battles. Yes, yeah, so we got all that. We got all the cool stuff like uh, what we just mentioned. We, I'm sure there's going to be more that comes out of the ether that we haven't even discussed yet because we're constantly changing. We're just really happy you all are back with us. And uh, sorry about the scare. Uh, we promise you we're, we made it through the first 100 uh, not without any pauses or anything like that or any fails, but uh, we're we're looking forward to being even stronger in the next 100 and that you'll hopefully stick with us. Yeah, definitely. And uh, thank you for subscribing and listening and being a fan. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, thank you also to the uh, Potter and Family Group, uh, Secret Society podcast. Um, you know what? You're great. Thank you for helping us out. And uh you know, the entire Potter and Family group, you're all great. And we hope that anyone who listens to us follows that hashtag on Twitter and listens to the rest of the shows that are incorporated within. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think just out of uh, for sheer sake of, uh, I don't know, a little bit of nostalgia, you would say, let's uh, let's go out this week on uh, our very first uh, theme song that we ever rolled. If you remember it, Zager and Evans, 2525. That was our original theme song. So Enjoy. In the year 2525, if man is still alive, if woman can survive, 
they may find In the year 3535 Ain't gonna need to tell the truth Tell no lies Everything you think, do and say Is in the bill you took today In the Yesterday 